Welcome to my podcast series, Student of the Bible. I'm your host, Renee, and in these next few episodes, we're going to take a look at what I think is a really interesting Old Testament prophet named Jeremiah. Now, Jeremiah has a nickname that I'm thinking he wouldn't have been too happy about. Do you know what it is? It's the weeping prophet. Yeah, I tell you, prophets get no respect. Poor Jeremiah is known as being a crybaby. That's not good. But I'm going to share with you some snippets from his life that I hope will help you better understand that, one, he wasn't a crybaby, but why Jeremiah's life is important for us even today. So stick with me during these next few podcasts. It's going to be fun and hopefully informative. The book of Jeremiah, well, it's found in the Old Testament right after Isaiah. The purpose of the book of Jeremiah is really to urge God's people to turn from their sin and to turn back to faith in God. Jeremiah lived from about 650 B.C. to around 570 B.C. And as a prophet, Jeremiah pronounced God's judgment upon the people of his time because of their wickedness. He was concerned especially with false and insincere worship and failure to trust God. They were making gods out of everything. We actually call this idol worship. Idol worship is when you turn to anything or anyone instead of turning to God. And just so we're clear, in case you're thinking about a job change, being a prophet, not a high-paying job. You were generally calling people out for their bad behavior. And let's be honest, no one likes to be called out. Jeremiah was a prophet for 40 years, and no one listened. Okay, think how frustrated you get when you feel like no one's listening to you for like maybe 40 minutes. This was 40 years of never-ending frustration and ridicule. Sign me up. Okay, some highlights from Jeremiah's life. Well, number one, he was poor. He was thrown into a cistern. He was thrown into a prison. Seems like he was thrown around a lot. And to top it off, he was taken to Egypt against his own will. Friends, family, neighbors, uh, they all rejected him. Honestly, if you were to follow him on Facebook, you would unfriend him because all his posts would be way too depressing. This was one sorry guy. His life was not a major success story by the world's standards. Definitely not dating material. And, I mean, he couldn't even get a friends and family calling plan because he had no friends or family who were talking to him. But have you ever heard it said that God's ways are not man's ways? Yeah. Isaiah chapter 55 verses 8 through 9. For my thoughts are not your thoughts. Neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways. 
Okay, we as 21st century people, well, we kind of pride ourselves on our intellect, right? And if something makes no sense to us, well, we either ignore it or we try to dissect it or like, why is this happening? Or how could God let this happen? And also, if God treats his prophets this way, (laughs) I certainly want nothing to do with calling out someone else's sin. I'm going to just mind my own business. Well, does that sound familiar? Yeah, success to God, it's measured vastly differently than we measure success. The size of your 401k, the size of your house, the make and model of your car. Well, they mean little to the Lord. To God, Jeremiah was one of the most successful people in world history. Now think about that for a moment. You see, success as measured by God is all about obedience and faithfulness. God wants us to die, literally to die to self. He wants us to die to our selfish ways, our selfish goals, and our selfish desires. Because God's ultimate goal Not for us to have a bigger house or to like win the jackpot. No, it's to have a relationship with us, with all of us. Temporary pain and suffering are in God's eyes a small price to pay to be able to bring the word of promise to a nation so that it can spend an eternity of peace with Christ. Because The only alternative is an eternity of pain and turmoil without him. Let's dig into Jeremiah's story. Jeremiah was a Jew. And God called Jeremiah during the 13th year of the reign of a really good king named Josiah. Now, let me give you a little historical background. You might remember that King David's son, Solomon, when he reigned, it was the greatest time of peace that Israel had ever known. But sadly, after his reign, things started to go south fast. And eventually, the kingdom split into two. We have the northern kingdom, which was called Israel. And the southern kingdom was called Judah. Now, Jeremiah is just outside of Jerusalem So he's in the southern kingdom. Just for a point of reference, though, that northern kingdom, well, they also had a really tough time listening to God. And they were captured by the Assyrian nation about 150 years earlier in 721 BC. Well, This was devastating. The capture took 10 out of the 12 tribes into captivity. And from there, they pretty much became toast, lost to history. So now, as I said, our story takes place about 150 years later. Seems that they have short memories. Okay, now during this time, there is a lot of turmoil. Jeremiah is going to prophesy, as I said, for about 40 years to these people about turning back to God. And his prophecy will actually be during the reign of the last five kings that are going to reign in Judah. Okay, globally, 
there's Babylon, Egypt, and Assyria who are all duking it out for world domination. If you look at a map, what tiny country is right in the middle? Yep, the southern kingdom of Judah. Yes, there was a ton of turmoil around them, but there was also a heck of a lot of internal chaos. Society was deteriorating rapidly, politically, economically, spiritually. God's word was reviled. It was seen as offensive. Wait a minute. Did I say this was 2023? No, it was in the mid-600s B.C. So how did Jeremiah know he was called by God to prophesy a warning that they were Well, um, up a creek without a paddle, and they better straighten up and fly right. In Jeremiah chapter 1, verse 5, we have a well-known verse that came to Jeremiah from God. God reminds Jeremiah, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart. I appointed you as a prophet to the nations. Let's stop here. Has God spoken to you? Probably not. And okay, we're not sure how God even spoke to Jeremiah. How is not really the point? The point is that Jeremiah knew that God had chosen him. He had chosen him before the foundation of the world for this particular task. And the task was, he was to spread the word, repent, and turn back to God. So how does this apply to us? Same promise. God chose you. He elected you before the world began. And don't ever let the enemy convince you that you're worthless or not good enough or not doing enough. God has always thought of you as valuable. Also, know that what you choose to do or choose not to do has nothing to do with your salvation. You repent your sins and God forgives you. This is the same message that Jeremiah had for the Israelites 2,500 years ago. Repentance is what they needed. And it's what we need today. Now, Jeremiah, when he received this calling, he was reluctant. He was not sure he was the right man for the job. Sound familiar? How many times have you thought or maybe even said out loud, Seriously, God? send someone else. I, I'm not strong enough. I'm not old enough. I'm not smart enough. Or maybe it's, I'm too old. I'm too tired. I'm too comfortable. Send someone else. Jeremiah chapter one, verses six through nine. Oh, sovereign Lord, I don't know how to speak. I'm only a child. But the Lord said to him, Don't say I'm only a child. 
you must go to everyone I send you to and say whatever I command you. Don't be afraid of them, for I am with you and I will rescue you, declares the Lord. Then the Lord reached out his hand and touched my mouth and said to me, Now I have put my words in your mouth. I have to share with you, this is honestly one of the biggest fears of those of us in seminary. God, what if I mess up? I'm not even sure how to say it right. Are are you sure I'm supposed to do this? What if I say something that causes someone to stop believing? Well, in the New Testament, John, in chapter 14, verses 26 through 27, Jesus is explaining to his disciples that he needs to return to the Father, but he's not leaving us. He says he will give us the Holy Spirit. But the Counselor, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. Peace. I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. We need to know it's not our words, but Christ's words. We need to plagiarize the heck out of Jesus. It's not our power, it's His. We're called to be like Jeremiah, to preach the good news, repent, and Christ will forgive you. The book of Jeremiah, it shows us the consequences of continued disobedience. We serve a merciful God who is slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. But disobedience leads to destruction. Our sin has consequences. Gosh, we all mess up, right? There is nothing we can do to make our relationship right with God except to confess when we mess up. Confess that we deserve death. Yeah, that's harsh, but it's true. For the wages of sin is death. But the promise we have in Christ is that he took all our sins and he nailed them to the cross. Then he conquered death by his resurrection three days later. Death, where is thy victory? Death, where is thy sting? When we confess our sins... We die to self, and we receive the promise of eternal life with Christ. We will be resurrected with him. We need to heed the warning of Jeremiah when God says in Jeremiah 1.26, I will pronounce my judgments on my people because of their wickedness in forsaking me. When we make God out to be a liar, we're playing right into the hands of the devil. Just like in the day of Jeremiah, 
I know, we like to deny the existence of sin. In doing this, we claim to be our own God and in charge of our own identity and ultimately our own destiny. When we do this, we're creating false idols. We become the idol. We become the God. You know, you might falsely think that being in a vocation of outward service to God, like Jeremiah, should somehow shield us from pain and suffering. Did that work out so well for Paul? No, didn't work out so well for Jeremiah either. There's no guarantee in this fallen humanity of outward security. I want you to know that. There's no guarantee in this fallen humanity of outward security. Now, the world offers false promises, but remember who the prince of this world is. It's the devil. Therefore, avoid the temptation to put God on trial. Don't accuse God of being unfair. When we try to take over the role of judge, once again, we are making ourselves into a God. We as creatures, well, we need to trust the goodness of the Creator. God knows the future, and His plans for us are not only good, but they're full of hope. God will see us through to the glorious conclusion of eternity with Him. Now, to end this podcast on Jeremiah, I leave you with this word of promise from Jeremiah. This is in Jeremiah 29, 11 through 12. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. Then you will call upon me and come and pray to me and I will listen to you. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. Have a blessed day.